everybody. This is David Perkins. You're listening to the Desperation Podcast. Join us this summer for the Desperation Conference at New Life Church in Colorado Springs, July 9th through 11th. For more information and resources, go to desperationonline.com. So last week I was out. I, I kind of got some of the reports. Last week I was in um, in Hawaii preaching for two different youth conferences, one on Maui and one on Oahu. How many of you ever been to Hawaii before? Yeah. No. Yes. Yes. Make some noise. You've been to Hawaii before. Yeah, sure. And so, yeah, it's like para, para, paradise. Okay. So, so while we were there, it was so amazing because we just got the opportunity to minister to um, teenagers from just about every island in the Hawaiian island chains. The, the church that I was at has extension campuses on all the different islands. So you have all these teenagers and some, um, some native Hawaiians and some kind of moved there, some military brats, what have you. But the Lord just showed up in, so, in such power. So many lives were transformed. Students were absolutely changed. And, and what was really cool was even going there. I was missing being here on the Wednesday night. I was preaching Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, Friday night, Tuesday morning, Monday morning, Thursday. Um, and so it was really, really crazy schedule. But as I was thinking and I got to meet with several of the youth pastors and youth leaders there, just sharing with them some of your stories of how your lives are being changed and meeting Jesus for the very first time and encountering even the power of the Holy Spirit in a very real and tangible way. And, and it was so cool just to go there and be like, man, we just, God's moving in our youth ministry and he's doing great and mighty things and to him be the glory. But there would be no youth ministry without you guys. And so I am honored. And I say this, you know, probably too much, but I'm so honored to, to be here. Our staff are so honored to, to, to serve you guys on a weekly basis. Those of you who are part of different, um, different ministries, even here around New Life, we're so, so honored. And so what I want to really talk to you about is you, you see the decor and you, and you, you saw the bumper video and all of these things. I want to speak to you tonight, and we'll be in this series for a while. Normally we do maybe a two-week series, a three-week series, four weeks. We'll be on this topic for probably about five or six weeks or until the Lord says otherwise. Because um, at the very core of who we are, you know, you see a lot of, you know, stage and, and, and lighting and the hard work that DLA does on the weekly basis. You have no idea how hard we work to create an environment and an atmosphere where you, you don't have to be ashamed whenever you bring your friends. It's like, oh, this is my weird little youth group. No, like we want it to, we want you not to be embarrassed. Come on, somebody. You, you want to be, you want people to come. Like if, if you're having a friend over to your house, do you like just take all your trash and like throw it all over the living room and be like, yeah, this is my sloppy house. Why don't you come and you can sit right. No, 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 no. You, you want to put your best foot forward. And so it's the same way in the house of God. You guys, we work really, really hard and we rack our brains and we spend hours working on creative things. I mean, just, I mean, and we're always working on it. I mean, you see this, and so you come into a finished product, but even like the, the EKG thing on the wall, that was like at four o'clock today, a couple of our staff said, hey, we need to add something else. We really want to kind of communicate this. And so we just go out to the store, we buy a table, we start measuring, we work, and we put it up there. And so all of the, all of these things, I thought I'm saying all of this, we put lots of thought into the creative side. We put lots of thoughts into worship leading and, and all of that. But really at the core of who we are, we do all of this for one person. His name is Jesus. And we do it all of this for one purpose. And that's to win souls for the kingdom of God. Eternity is real. Hell is hot. Heaven is fantastic. Jesus is great. Eternity is long. And all of this comes down to a message of 
You know what? We want to see people translate it from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and see purpose realized. Come on. Is anybody excited? Anybody on board with that? And so for these reasons, as we, as we start off this series, the heartbeat of heaven, we'll be kind of unpacking this. What, what, what does that mean? What does that have to do with, what does that have to do with me? What does that have to do with my life? And so I want to go straight to the scriptures tonight. I want to look at Luke, (coughs) Luke chapter one, verses 41 through 52, I believe it is Luke chapter one. And we'll be starting at verse 41. And what I want us to do tonight, just something different. And, and I like to summarize verses, you know, a lot of times when we do all of that, I'll give you a little bit of the background, um, in terms of Jesus, Mary having a prophetic word that she was going to be impregnated supernaturally by the spirit of God, angels coming to her and, and lo and behold, it actually happened. Jesus is born of a virgin. We believe all of these things, but tonight as we read the scriptures, I'm going to read about 11 verses. I want us to do something tonight. Let's just all stand up and, and, and just kind of look at the screen or if you have your Bibles, let's stand up. Everybody just stand up and I want to just read the word of God. Just let it speak to you even just for itself tonight, starting at verse 41 and I'll read it to you. If you have your Bible, You can look on there. If not, you can look up at the screen. But here I go. Luke chapter 1, verse 41. It says, Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their relatives and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked. Don't you know that I must be in my father's house about my father's business? But they didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. Right where you're standing, I want to pray for us and I'll give you a title. Father of glory, I thank you tonight for your Holy Spirit who guides us, who teaches us, who instructs us, who empowers us, who is actively working in and through and among us. I pray tonight that as you breathe on your word tonight, that the spirit of God would make your word come alive in our hearts. And I thank you like arrows, the word of God would go out like arrows into our hearts, Lord Jesus. And I thank you that we will be changed forever by the power of the spoken word of God and the power of the Holy Ghost. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. amen. Everybody said, amen. 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 All right. 
So you guys, I want to just give you this, this message. I've just simply entitled, this is week one in the heartbeat of heaven series. And I just simply entitled the message tonight, the family business. Everybody say the family business, the family business. I want to speak to every Christ follower in this room. Unless you think that every person who, who comes here is just kind of on board, coming to DSM doesn't make you any more of a Christ follower than, than standing in a garage makes you a car. It is though I'm speaking directly for a few minutes here tonight. For those of you who say, I have given my life to Jesus. I have received his Holy Spirit. I am following it passionately and, and in love with him. That's me. I am a Christ Follower, every part of me belongs to him. Every everything that I own is his. Okay, I want to speak to you just for a few moments tonight. Every Christ follower, I just want to encourage you or just remind you that as Christ followers, we live strategically. Now, the word strategic means beginning with the end in mind. So we live our lives with an end goal, an end mark in mind. Does this make sense to you? We live, well, you could put it this way, we, could, we live in light of eternity. We live with an eternal perspective. So our lives don't match up to the rest of the world. We, we, we do things a little bit different. We kind of think things through. We, we think through how we treat people because we know that we're going to give an account of that one day. We, we, we think how we, how we treat the presence of God or, or we treat uh, how we treat our parents because it's a big deal to us because God's word is so clear that there are blessings, there's favor, there's honor on your life whenever you can honor the authority that have been, that has been placed over you. We live with an eternal mindset, an eternal perspective. And so we think things through a little bit. And as Christ followers, as Christ followers, living strategically, we're also called to live with a sense of, with a sense of urgency. With this sense that, you know what? Jesus Christ is coming back. This is paramount. This is foundational to our faith. We believe that one day a very real God, 100% God, 100% man, all fused into one person by the name of Jesus Christ, will return to this earth one day. Does that, you, you all don't know that? Everybody, okay, kind of looking like, oh, really? What, we believe in that? Yes, we believe in that. We believe in lots of things. We believe in what the word of God tells us, okay? And so, and so we, we, we live with this thing in, in mind like, Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. And so it matters how I live my teenage years. It matters what I'm doing on a Friday night because Jesus is coming back. It matters where I am, what I'm doing on a Monday morning, or on a Saturday night. Why? Because Jesus is coming back. This is not just a fable. It's not a fairy tale. This is fact of the matter. I will stand before this man, this God who literally gave his life for me on the cross, shed a real blood. I'm going to see him face to face one day. Yes, we Whenever he parts the clouds, but even beyond that, there's going to be a day. It's called Judgment Day. It's not just a cute movie that Hollywood came up with. We're going to stand before him and we're going to give an account of our lives. And so therefore, I live with the end in mind. I live strategically as a Christ follower. Does that make sense to you tonight? And so in light of this, there's certain principles. There's certain things. There's certain convictions 
that come alive in our heart because these are core values because we are Christ followers. We're not in some kind of cruise control mode where those of you who drive, all the drivers make some noise. Everybody who got a license, come on. Yeah, everybody on their way to getting a license. Maybe you're in driving school right now. Come on, make some noise. We know of you. Yeah, we, yeah. <laughs> everybody stay off the roads. <laughs> no, y'all, it's so good. Just for real. Whenever it's snowy, don't be coming next to me. Okay, and so whenever you drive, those of us who've been driving for a period of time, we, there, there's a certain setting on, on, your, on your car, on your truck, whatever. And whenever you're going long distance, is very helpful. What is it called? It's cruise control. Okay. And so, you know, ain't nobody got time to be getting swollen ankles. And you know what I'm saying? Whenever you, anybody drove a long way before? My feet get tired. Okay, yeah. And so those of you, and so you're just like driving along and you know, you have to accelerate and then you have to, you know, whatever. And so you got some cruise control and cruise control is good, but you can't just take your eyes off the road talking about, well, my cruise control just going to get me from point A to point B. Now your cruise control is a tool, right? So cruise control is good for, for a while. It's good whenever you use it. But so, so just like in, in the same sense, you can't just, you can't just turn on cruise control and then disengage from the road. You'll die. Okay. People will die. You'll kill people. Okay. Don't be killers. Okay. And so, and so, so in the same way, it is equally as reckless whenever we take our spiritual lives and we just kind of cruise control, lay it back, baby. You know what I'm saying? Let me recline my seat. We're on cruise control. It's all good. Because what if the car in front of you is stopping? Or what if you need to turn off? Or what if somebody comes rushing into your lane? It's equally as, rust, as reckless to place your spiritual life on cruise control as it is if you were literally driving a car down the interstate. And so that's not how we live our lives. We are constantly looking for ways to advance God's kingdom in our lives. We're hungry. We are, we're thirsty. We're sick. You, you wake up with a, with a mission in mind thinking, God, what can I do to advance your kingdom today? Because there's a very real eternity that, that not only me, but if I get my eyes off of me, I can think about those around me. Every single person is going somewhere and they are currently in route to their destination right now. And as Christ followers, we have this mandate. We have this call, literally, Jude says, literally, where we're snatching people out of the flames of hell. Come on, do you read your Bibles? So Jude says, it's literally snatching some from hell fire. That's in the apostolic calling on the early church, which is our calling. And so, so we live in light of this reality. And it's not fear-based. I'm not walking around, oh God, you're going to make them back tonight. And you're, I don't, you're, I'm living in sin. You know, no, 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 no. It's not fear-based, but it motivates you to live on purpose, with purpose, with a very real mission and a very real goal in mind. And that goal is the heartbeat of heaven. I think if we were to hook up God, Huck an EKG monitor up to him. And you just, and we monitor, we took a the stethoscope and we listened to his, to his heart. I think at the core of what he beats for is souls, his people, his faces that the Holy Spirit will bring to mind even during this series where it's like, bam, that person and Jacob and Jason and Carrie and Susan and every single person 
that comes to mind. It's the heartbeat of heaven. It's souls, it's people who do not know him. And as Christ followers, how can we, how dare we go throughout our week or go throughout an entire school year or go throughout an entire summer, go throughout an entire period of months We've not said anything about this person that we say that we love and we know so well and we worship so intensely and shared nothing about him with those around us in our sphere of influence. It's ridiculous. And so what I'm calling you to in this series is this reality that we live with an eternal perspective of saying, you know what? I'm going to be a soul winner. It's just, it's, it's who I am. It's a non-negotiable. It's the, who I am, the highest banner, the highest honor, the highest accolade, the highest gift we can lay before Jesus' feet. And trust me, you will want to show up on judgment day with some gifts to lay at his feet. Yeah. Crowns, Revelation says. And so it starts now where we say, I'm going to have some treasures to lay before him. Not because I had to, not because it was my duty, not because God made me win these people to him, these filthy slugs. No, it's because it's my highest delight and my honor to say, Lord, I want to partner with what you're doing in the earth realm. I want to see souls come into the kingdom of God. Does that make sense? Come on, somebody. You can't get excited about souls. Don't get excited about anything else. The Holy Spirit has been given unto us. Whenever Jesus told the disciples, wait, tarry on the day of Pentecost, it was not so that they could have an emotional high. Oh, feelings come. The fire of God. We had an experience a couple weeks ago where the Holy Spirit certainly showed up and we believe in it all. And it is so real. He can manifest himself in whatever way he wants to here. I can't speak for other churches. I can't speak for other youth groups. Here, he has free reign to do whatever he wants to, whenever he wants to. Come on, somebody. But the whole purpose, even on the day of Pentecost, whenever Jesus said, I want you to wait there until you be endued, literally entrenched, baptized with power from on high, Acts 1 and 8, so that you shall be, and you shall receive power, dynamite, explosive power from on high, uh, Acts 1 and 8, after that the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be my witnesses. First in Jerusalem, then in Judea, then in Samaria. And then to the uttermost parts of the world. The Holy Spirit's greatest, one of his greatest manifestations in our lives is the reality that we cannot keep it in. We are literally like the prophet Jeremiah who said, God, your word has been given to me and it is like fire in my bones and I cannot keep it in. My soul is burning to share the word of the Lord to those around me. Come on, somebody. It's the heartbeat of heaven. And whenever you begin to walk in intimate relationship with Jesus, you begin to get God's heartbeat for your generation. Psalm 25, 14, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them. He will show them aspects and and parts of his nature. You get revelations about God. You begin to weep over the things that makes God weep. You begin to love the things that God loves. You begin to hate the things that God hates. 
One of the things that God loves is so clearly revealed to us in Scripture. For God so loved the Greek word there is cosmos, the whole world, the, the everybody, not just a pre-selected few. God bless you and your Calvinist theology. But God, he loved the whole world so much so that he gave his life. He gave, he gave. He so loved. He so magnificently, largely loved the whole world, the cosmos and everything in it. The earth is the Lord's song and the fullness thereof. He so loved that he gave that he gave. And so for us, we so love that I will freely give love to those around me. I will give an encouraging word from the Lord. I will speak truth, whether you like me or not. You don't have to like me, but you're going to hear my message. It's a message of hope. It's a message of love. It's a message of repentance. There's a message of freedom and forgiveness of sin for all. Come on, guys. This is the gospel. This is the core of who we are. We love this. This is what, this is, this is why we are who we are. It's the gospel. And so we've got to return to this, to this reality again, where we say, oh God, I don't know about you, but I was personally convicted. I mean, I came to this thing. It's been too long since I literally fell on my face and wept over this generation. It's just been way too long. It's just, it's way too like that, 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 that was a part of who I am. It's just been too much time has elapsed. We've done too many things to where we come back to this place of saying, oh God. Give me souls for the kingdom. Oh, God, give me influence. I may speak a word of hope and life to somebody and that they actually hear my message, which is your message, and I can see their lives changed. Come on, too many teenagers are dying, you guys. Too many teenagers, let me, too many teenagers are dying and going to a very real hot place called hell. We believe in that. Your Bible talks about it. Rip it out if you don't believe it. It's a very real place. And so, 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 so with this truth, we're faced with decisions. We can just ignore like, oh, like it'll all just work itself out. No, it's not going to work itself out. God works through people. He always has people. Whenever he looked, he says, I looked for a man to, 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 to stand in the gap. And I found none, even with Ezekiel. And then there's this prophetic message that's given to us, even with the prophet Ezekiel saying, you know, you've got to speak the word of the Lord. God's solution has always been and it always will be from this day forward since he created man was to operate through men and women. And they weren't exactly the smartest all the time and they weren't the most intelligent and maybe they weren't the most wealthy. And some of them were, but I'm just saying everybody, you, you, everybody's, you, you, everybody's a candidate. You, you're not missing something. You're not lacking any. You're, you're, you, you have everything you need. The Bible says, according to first Peter. You have everything you need to live godly, to live a godly life in Jesus Christ. Everything has been given to you in the person, the man, the God, Jesus Christ. So we live strategically with the end in mind. And we'll be talking about this, talking about this for, for a while. Ordinary people doing extraordinary things for the kingdom of God. That's where we, that's where we live. That's what we do. So we don't sort of cruise through anything through any season of your life, but especially not your teen years. Oh, not these years, you guys. Oh, please don't cruise through these years. Plan the cruise later. I mean, I don't want you to cruise at all, but if you're going to cruise, cruise when you're over your 60, okay? But in your, like in your, please don't just throw it on cruise control in these years. Ecclesiastes says, serve the Lord your God in the days of your youth while your strength is, while you, while you have your strength in you. 
Glorify, serve your creator. Do as much as you can for the kingdom of God in your teen years, knowing that you are literally sowing into your very own future and your destiny. Please don't cruise. Please don't cruise. Live with the end in mind. Live strategically. Live knowing that you have a purpose and you have a destiny to accomplish on the face of this planet. There's a very real assignment that God has attached to your life that you're going to give an account for whenever you stand before him one day. Does that make sense to you guys? Jesus is our example. He didn't cruise through his teenage years, and that's kind of what this, what this passage is talking about. So just like, in the same way that Jesus, there was a literally a prophetic word that was spoken to Mary about Jesus. Same thing for multiple prophets, even in the Old Testament. Jeremiah, you know, mainly, is the one that comes to mind. Jeremiah chapter 1, you know, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you, and I sanctified you, I set you apart, and I ordained you to be a prophet to the nations, right? And so, and so, and even whenever, in Psalms, whenever David is writing, uh, in Psalms, I believe it's Psalm 143, whenever he's talking, Talking about God, you knew me. God, you knit me together, even in my in my inward part. Psalm one forty nine, one forty nine, one forty three, thirty nine. Psalm one thirty nine. Oh, somebody reads their Bible. This is awesome. Yes. Okay. So Psalm one thirty nine. Yeah, thirty nine. One thirty nine. Yes, sorry, they all get confused. This is a lot. Okay, awesome. So Psalm 139, whenever he says, you know, you knew me, you you formed me, you knit me together, you know my inward parts. Where can I go? And you're not there. If I make my bed in hell, you're there. Sheol, you're there. You're there. And so there's this idea that even before you were brought into the earth realm and introduced, you were a dream of God. You are the dream of God actualized in the earth realm. He thought about you from before the beginning and the foundation of the world. He thought about, he had us in mind. You guys, this is God. He works with the end in mind from the beginning. But he's God, and so he functions outside of time. So what's really cool is he stands at the end, the Bible says, your Bible says, he stands at the end and he speaks to the beginning. Come on, that'll blow your mind. And so, so, so you're the manifestation of the heart of God, you guys. You are one of God's many dreams with skin and human form. Come on, there's no need to walk in depression. There is no need to walk in self-hatred and self-harm. If you can crystallize, get the word of God rooted in your heart to believe with all of your heart, not just with your mouth or your mind, that literally, literally, I am one of God's many dreams with skin and human form. He didn't make any mistakes in you. He didn't make any mistakes with you or through you or in your life or to no mistakes, baby. You are one of God's many dreams with skin and human form. You're the answer to a prophetic word that's been spoken by the very mouth of God himself. Every word is rich with purpose and has an assignment. Isaiah 55 tells us the word of the Lord, once God's word is sent out, it will accomplish that which he sent it out to do. It will not return to him void. It will accomplish the thing that he sent it out to do. And so over your life, I speak prophetically, you will accomplish the thing that God has destined and ordained for your life. Come on, can we speak blessings over one another? Every word is rich with purpose and has an assignment. So there's no need to settle. Why float whenever you are made to fly? Come on, somebody. Why just kind of float? I'm just floating around. I'm just bouncing around. No, no. Why float 
Whenever you were destined, you were meant to fly. You're meant to soar in the spirit of God and accomplishing great things in your life for his glory and not your own. Abiding in him. John chapter 15. If you abide in me, you can ask me anything because you have my heart. You're asking according to my heart. Every word from the Lord is rich with purpose and has an assignment. Again, so the background, talking about Jesus. What all this has to do with Jesus? What does all this have to do with Jesus? Okay, it's great. I'm going to get to it. So Luke, in Luke, there's three major festivals in the, in the, in the Jewish faith. Passover, Pentecost, and of course the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? Passover, Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles, all right? So, so it was customary for young boys, once they reach a certain age, it was customary for them to attend these festivals before reaching the age of what they call the covenant age, all right? So it, it was attained around puberty. All the junior high boys say, amen. <laughs> All right, cool. And so, and so, and so it was achieved around, it was around purity to, to gain a better understanding of what it meant. We've all been there though. We've all been there. Okay. Um, we, to gain a better understanding of what it meant to live as a son of covenant. So they would go to these festivals and it was training for them, even in their adolescent years. So due to poverty though, if, if, if all three could not be attended by the adults, special effort was made to attend Passover. And that's what was taking place. So, so many young Jewish boys would begin fasting at the age of 12 years old. It became a daily and a regular, not a daily, but a regular regimen of fasting periodically because they were good Jews. And that's what Jews did. Okay. It was, it was a requirement. And so it would prepare them for the mandatory fast of the law that they would later encounter. So it was a preparation. And so as Jesus was, it was during this time, as Jesus was around that age, 12, some scholars say between 12, 13, 14, something like that years old, that's whenever our, our, the, the occurrence in this passage actually takes time, takes place. And so Jesus, the point here is Jesus was consumed with his purpose at 12, maybe 13 years old. So we can say this for sure, by 13 years old, he was living a life that showed signs of being marked with great purpose. Now, I've met some 20 and 30 year olds still kind of floating through life. So oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, I'll just go to church. But what? What? <laughs> huh? You've been going to church for how many years? It takes an active decision and a resolution in your heart. that You're going to live on purpose with purpose, you guys, and live strategically as a Christ follower in light of eternity. I hope these words burn in your heart, you guys. I mean, years from now that you, God, oh, yeah, I'm just going to spend an eternity somewhere. So I better maybe think this decision through. Or I'm, uh, I better, maybe I should pray about this. Give it a little bit of thought or seek the Lord because I just may have to give an account for this one day when I stand before a holy God with fire in his eyes, with eyes, with hair as white as wool. So living with the end in mind, one of the core things of living with the end in mind is living in light of the heartbeat of heaven or living with the heartbeat of heaven. Again, Jesus was so consumed at the tender age of 12, maybe 13 years old. He realized that there was a preparation of the Holy Spirit to be done in him. And he refused to put it off for later. Because isn't that the response that most of us have? I'll serve the Lord radically 
one day. At some point. And isn't that the lie that we tell ourselves repeatedly? Oh, I'll, I'll share Jesus with him or her uh, one day. It, it, I mean, I'm sure it, it'll happen. It, it's coming. You know, I'm just waiting for the moment, you know. And trust me, I've been there before. We're waiting for the moment. And then we, before we, years and years go by and then we don't even see the people anymore. I'm saying, Jesus, thank you, Kirsten. Jesus was so consumed with his purpose at that tender age, you guys. He lived strategically. He had the heartbeat of his father. And so he had the heartbeat of heaven mentality. And there was also this family business that he was called to perpetuate because he always said, I must be. Let's look at the verse there. It says, verse 49, I must be about my father's business. I must be. I've got no greater calling. I've no, there's no greater thing for me to do. All these things are great, but, but the highest calling, I must be about my father's business. And I'm telling you, as Christ's followers, we should have the same conviction, resolve, and declaration over our lives, no matter how old you are. I am about my father's business. And I'm telling you, even over the next five weeks as we talk about this, you will come to discover that your father's business is nothing else than winning souls for the kingdom of God and using the influence that he has given you to impact someone for the cause of Christ. Does that make sense? I must be about my father's business. I, I've got to be about my father's business. And so I'm asking you, what's your father's business? Who's your father? Who's your daddy? <laughs> and what's his business? Because I think quite naturally, the closer we become to our father, and let's make no mistake about it. I mean, gosh, these things are tough to hear, but even in scripture, I mean, the Bible tells us where Jesus would say, your father is the devil. You are sons and daughters of the devil. And so maybe that'll help some of you to discover that you've been about the business that you, because your father is the devil. You have not repented of your sins. You have not confessed Jesus as Lord. You have not given him the 100% total free reign in your life. I'm saying, think about it. Think about it. But as a Christ follower, he's our father. And so his business is my business. What's important to him is important to me. And so maybe it's just a lack of, well, I just didn't know. Well, now you know. And so now you're forced with a decision of saying, okay, well, I mean, I'm just going to just keep floating. I'm going to soar with the winds of the spirit in my life. Saying, God, whatever you have for me today, put someone across my path today, Jesus. I will be a witness. A witness on a stand simply does what? In a trial. They testify. What are they communicating? The truth. How did they perceive the truth? A witness. It is something that they have either seen or heard personally. It comes, you, so you can't even be a witness without a personal interaction and an encounter of the situation that you say that you're giving witness to. 
And so even for Jesus, whenever he's talking to the disciples, he says, no, 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 no. I don't want you to even try to go build. No, no, no. You need my spirit. You need an infusion of the Holy Ghost. You need an encounter with the Holy Spirit. You need to come deeper. You need to be ever on this journey of pursuing me and pursuing my kingdom. And, and as you grow in your relationship with me, you know what? There's a heart that I will begin to give you. And so I'm not saying, you know, you're not. If you just gave your life to the Lord, you, you can't win souls. I'm definitely like saying that. But I think too many times we want platforms without process. We want a microphone in our hand because that's what's cool today. And maybe Jesus is saying, you just need to befriend the person that's already in your life and preach to them far before I was preaching on the stage to people. I preached to people over, the, over my phone, okay, dinky little Nokia cell phone, calling people. I remember so many of my buddies, even in high school, guys that were older than I, I, I mean, I have memories laying on my couch um, in, the, in the living room, sometimes on a weekend night and uh, texting or just going, having my Bible out and sending messages out and returning phone calls and just trying to encourage my friends to, 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 to follow God and to, you know what I'm saying? And, and just to share the gospel with them. I have many, many memories of this going to school early in the Bible study clubs and going and praying early, but also like sitting somewhere in the lunch, in the cafeteria room on purpose, maybe with someone that I, that I don't know as well in order to build a relationship with them. Why? Because there was an eternal mindset. I didn't just start this thing yesterday, please. This was teenage years of saying, you know what? Because somebody had the, uh, had the wisdom enough to call me to a place of saying, Brandon, there's a very real eternity and every single person, you know, will enter into eternity and we're not promised tomorrow. And so, so we live as though, as though, you know what, maybe this is my last moment and you know what I'm saying? And so I'm not saying you have to grab your Bible and start slapping people upside the head. Every person, uh, what, what I'm saying is you live with, with an eternal mindset of saying, you know what, to the best of my abilities, God, I want to be a soul winner for you because I've got your heart beating in my chest. My heart no longer beats for the things that I want alone. My heart is now beating to the rhythm of an eternal savior who's seated on a real throne, who's released a very real person by the name of the Holy Spirit into our lives. You see what I'm saying? And he is the one in power. Oh, it's cute to say, well, where's Jesus? Jesus is in my heart. No, Jesus is on a throne. The Holy Spirit is in your heart. So we would do well to get to know him, the person of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, who do you have for me today? Who, Holy Spirit, who can I invite to DSM this week? Come on, when was the last time you invited somebody? And some of you can look back at me and, with a big grin on your face, and I love it. A smile in your heart. And as your youth pastor, I want to tell you, you're doing an amazing job. I mean, I could call you out. I'm not going to do that tonight. But several of you come to mind who I think, God in heaven, they're going to have so many crowns to lay at Jesus's feet. Because real lives are being impacted. And so it's not about emotionalism. And we can be accused of that. People don't get it. But it's about a passion to win the loss. At any cost, whatever it takes, compelling men. That's what Jesus says. We compel men. I'm calling you to compel them to follow after me because it's a very real situation because there are people I think they have the rest of their lives. And by the grace of God, maybe they do. But what if they don't? 
And so I'm asking you to pick up the heartbeat of heaven, you guys. This is real. There's one point tonight. I actually want to, I'm going to see if this will work out. Because as we're talking about inviting people, you know, uh, it can be like so weird. You know, it's like, oh, I don't really know if like inviting someone to like church is, I mean, I don't know if it's like a super duper like big deal or, um, can you pass me a microphone? Got me a microphone I'll bring. And so literally, I mean, it's kind of like an EKG, like monitor. Okay. I want you guys to listen in. Hey, John Cooper, can you hear me? I sure can. Cool. Hey, John Cooper, I have you on speaker phone with my whole youth group. Will you just tell them hello? Oh, you just cut out. Probably you said the question. I didn't hear it. Oh, I'm so sorry. I said I have you on on speaker phone with my entire youth group. I don't even know if this is going to work or if the call is going to hold up, but we'll just kind of see. I said, can you tell them all hello? Howdy. <laughs> That's really cute. So... So John, John, y'all, everybody, everybody say, everybody say, hey, John Cooper. Hey, John Cooper. Did you hear him? Hey, y'all. <laughs> I don't know why he all of a sudden adopted a Southern Texas twang or so. He's not from Texas. He's from Louisiana, but it's so great. Okay. So, so John Cooper, I want you, y'all, this is John Cooper. He is, uh, he's incredible. He graduated college last year. He's actually in med school down in New Orleans. He was in my youth group. He started coming my second year in youth ministry back in Louisiana. But John Cooper, I just want you to just take a second. How did you start coming to the youth group back in, uh, in Louisiana, in Lake Charles? And just tell me, just real, real briefly, because you're on speakerphone. I don't know how long this, my signal's going to hold up, whatever. But just tell them who invited you and what happened in your life. Thanks for letting me interrupt your busy medical school schedule, by the way. Oh, yeah, no problem. Um... So I was invited by one of my really good friends named Shelby Churchman. Um, I've known her for some years, um, but I had actually been going to church. I was very involved, kind of grew up in church. Um, but the Lord was actually doing something in me like that whole year previously, um, just like kind of stirring up something like a hunger inside for, for more. So I actually got invited to a conference that um, Sir Brandon's old youth ministry was going on, and um, so I went to that and then just like man the holy spirit just impacted me in such a real and tangible way and um changed my life so i just so that's when i started actually going to the youth group um and as you guys know uh pastor brandon preaches to some fire and um it's uh anyways just like it, it was such when I, when I think back at that moment um it was definitely a huge like pivotal moment like like one of those where you know that moment or that like experience that that decision to change churches like that um like definitely influenced my life the outcome of my life and uh where i am now like wouldn't wouldn't be here without it so that's so cool jc uh, and you know one of the things i just want to say even with you on the phone is that jc is uh were you a sophomore or a junior in high school i was i just graduated high school you just finished high, so is your senior year then it was like the summer between, right before college. So it's between senior year and college. Okay, gotcha. And so what's so cool is to have watched him even, you know, as a young adult, and then he became a part of the college ministry and has served the Lord very, very faithfully, was a soul winner on his college campus, 
I mean, became get involved with student government, all these different things. But even today, has a close relationship with Jesus, walking in purity, still a virgin, uh, walking as a man of God, has incredible friends, lots of favor. I mean, the stories go on and on. But the point that I wanted to just kind of make everyone aware of, JC, is that you started coming because simply because someone invited you, right? Yes. Okay, cool. That's all I wanted to know. I love you so much. You're going to do great things. Everybody say, JC, you're going to do great things for the kingdom. Yeah, you are. I love you so much, man. We'll, I know we're due for a catch-up. We'll talk soon. Okay, love you. Bye. Okay, cool. So that was, you know, that's so, like, just not rehearsed or, or just whatever. You, I, guys, this is not rocket science. I'm not asking you to do something impossible. We do what's possible. The Holy Spirit does the impossible. What? Yeah. And so what I'm, what I'm calling you to is living a life that says, I'm going to live in a kingdom mindset with an eternal perspective. And so very simply here, God's heartbeat, you know, you have this EKG monitor and just wanted to give you a visual there that as your heart beats in your chest, one day prayerfully years and years and years and decades and decades and decades from now. That's going to stop beating. You're going to transition into eternity. Hebrews says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And that by no means means like, oh, I'm just with God for the rest of my life. No, 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 no. All that means is instantly you go to a place. There's no purgatory. There's no like transitional period. And and not only you, but every single one of us, one day that's, and then it's done. It's over. Done. And so for the period of time that we have here on earth, while there is still breath in your body, while the heart is still beating in your chest, I'm asking you, instead of just letting your natural heart beat, I'm asking you to pick up and allow the heartbeat of heaven to become your heartbeat. And that heart, once again, the heartbeat of heaven, the family business is souls. And so I have one simple point tonight. I love giving lots of points and doing all of that, but for the series, this is going to be so simplistic. One point. I think you have it on the screen there. One point tonight. Win souls for Jesus. That's it. I'm not, asking you to, I'm not asking you to make excuses of why you can't or why you're not popular enough or why you're not smart enough or why you don't have enough money or why you're not cool enough or, or you're too cool or you know too many people or keep all of your raggedy excuses. Give them to Jesus whenever you stand before him. I'm asking you, would you allow God's heartbeat to become your heartbeat? Because it's real. It's a big deal. And so, again, lest you think, and if you're talking right now, you do not want to be talking. Lest you think this is no big deal. Eternal issues are settled in moments like this. Because real decisions are made to follow Jesus. And or real decisions are made to, to, to be, you know what, I'm going to be one 
who wins souls for the kingdom of God. And that's just who I am. It's not about me. I have died to myself. You know, last night I was at the gym playing volleyball at Lifetime, and uh, there's a guy who's always there. And I, you know, it's a, it's a cool moment to be, <laughs> not that guy. <laughs> Woo, I more, yes. Okay, so there's another guy. <laughs> there's another guy. And in the, as we were talking, and we just, I just kind of befriended him. You see, this, this stuff is not hard, you guys, because before you invite somebody to church, what I'm saying is how many people have you invited into your life? How many people have you invited into your friendship circle? So it's real easy to say, hey, will you just, uh, you want to come to like this and with me next week? Okay, cool. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm asking how many of you invited into your world? And again, some of you are doing brilliantly at this. Some of you are just spiritual slugs and you need to get it together. You know who you are. Some of you just come and you just, well, I'm just going to bask in the glory of God and the fire just blazes in my heart. Uh, But the fire is given to us to ignite a passion and a flame in us to win the loss. So make no mistake about it. Whenever there's lots of Holy Spirit activity, as we have been seeing, and again, we believe in it all. I make no apologies about it. We believe it. Speaking in tongues, prophesying. We believe in gifts of healing. We believe in the gift of miracles. We believe in tongues, interpretation of tongues. We believe in it all right now, today, in the right now activity of this. We believe in the prayer language. We believe in it all. Okay, are we real clear on that? The other, okay, great. Half of you, wonderful. Okay, so, so <laughs> all of these things, we've been empowered as the church to win souls. We get filled up here so that we have something to actually pour out whenever we're going into our world. So your school should literally be your, see, either you are the missionary or you are the mission field at your school. The goal is that you would become the missionary and that the people at your school become the mission field. But it's ridiculous whenever you go to church, yet you're the one that, that God needs to send missionaries to. It's ridiculous. It's preposterous. And so go back to at, at the gym last night, and it was so cool because I was thinking about this. It, this guy plays volleyball, great. He's in the military. He's about to be going to Kuwait. And so I'm just praying. I'm like, Lord, what, what can I say? How can I? Because he is clearly not following Jesus. Jesus says the fruit, and I'm not judging, but Jesus said, you shall know a tree by the fruit that it bears. And he's just all over the map, and it's great, and I love him. And so I'm trying to just invite him. And so he's talking a whole lot. I mean, just saying lots of things. And in my flesh, in the natural, I'm like, all right, like, seriously, but my spirit, I mean, I can hear the Holy Spirit just whispering, saying, Brent, just listen, just listen to him. Listen to what he has to say and encourage him and speak a word of hope. And so just tell him, hey, I'm going to be praying about these decisions. And, and because I'm developing this relationship, so I'm not saying you have to, again, pull out your electronic Bibles and shove them down people's throats. I'm saying, invite people into your world, be open. As, and then as I got into my car, my heart just began to break and I began to cry out for him. His name is, is Russ. God, save Russ. God, I pray that you save Russ's soul. God, I pray that you would break in even tonight in dreams and visions. I pray for open doors in the name of Jesus. I ask for increased levels of influence in his life to where 
Whenever I speak, he actually listens to what I have to say. I pray for the love of God to be so tangible and the fulfillment and the purpose and the joy of God to be so tangible that he would literally want to say, what is it? What God are you serving? What's going on in your life? Why are you all so, so smiling? And so, and so, but, but it's an aggression. It's not a floating cruise control. Well, if I happen to win some people to Jesus in my short time of, uh, of, of life here you know, that we have on earth, it's not that. It's aggressively seeking and looking for opportunities to show the love of God. Does this make sense to you tonight? And so that's what I'm calling you to. So simple. Again, put that one point back on the screen because I don't want you to forget it. I want you to see it. I want you to hear it. I want you to be able to say it. One point tonight. One point tonight. Win souls for Jesus. It's the heartbeat of heaven. 92% of everyone who comes to faith in Jesus does so before their 18th birthday. You've got the advantage. You've got the advantage. 80% of everyone invited to church, statistically speaking, actually show up. Guys, and you say, well, I'm I'm just weird and bizarre. No, No matter how weird you are, every single one of you have a level of influence. Well, I'm not outgoing. I'm really shy. You still have a way to influence people for the cause of Christ. Every single one of you. We are without excuse. So as the worship team comes tonight, and we just even think about this, you guys, and maybe it's you. I mean, maybe you need to make a fresh commitment to Jesus. And and now, because you have eternity in mind, maybe you say, I, I mean, I I need to be a follower of Christ and and I haven't really been following him. I've just kind of I've just kind of been, you know, just going through the motions and because again, you can't be a witness to anything that you haven't personally seen and personally heard and personally encountered. You'll be a terrible witness for the cause of Christ because the message is unauthenticated. It's not real. There's no power. There's no validity on it because you haven't encountered anything because you don't know him. So we've got to know him in order to capture his heartbeat for a generation. So some of you, this is just going right over your head and God bless you. You're awesome. Keep coming. That's because there's no real connection. But whenever you're connected to him, there's something that begins to move you whenever you think about. I remember whenever we were in YWAM, Octavia and I, and we walked into this prayer chapel in YWAM, Tyler, Texas, and spent some time there, youth with a mission and being discipled and going through the word of God and all these things. But I literally remember walking into this prayer chapel and in this prayer chapel, there's this huge map of the entire world. And I remember walking in front of it and literally my heart began to break. I fell on the floor and literally started weeping because I said, gosh, God, how can I pray for the whole world? How do you hold the whole world in your hand? And how can I even begin to pray for 2 million people in Calcutta or 16 million in the city of Calcutta, India alone, or millions of people in Japan and all these different places because every single one of those people are souls. God, how do, I was overwhelmed. I just remember the Lord just saying, just start somewhere, <laughs> do something. But welcome to my world. My heart breaks for every single person. That does not, God says, I am not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And so if you're just kind of going through the motions, you need to follow Jesus tonight. 
I want to give you an, I want to give you an opportunity. We'd be remiss. I can't talk about soul winning without giving an opportunity to have your soul won over to Jesus Christ. I'm asking you, what are you doing to win souls? How are intentional are you about winning souls? When was the last time you cried out in prayer over the loss? When was the last time you invited someone to DSM? I'll say that one again. When was the last time you invited someone to DSM? It's a weird youth group when everybody is just the same and nobody's new and everybody looks the same and everybody's been going here for years and years. I don't want to be a part of that youth group. Get me out of there. That's weird. It's spiritually inbred. There's going to be spiritual retardation taking place. We need, there needs to be fresh new people. Come on, seriously. And so what happens is you begin to realize, hey, I don't know everybody. That's a great thing. That's a great thing because that means that, you know what? And again, I could point out about 10 of you right off the top of my head. You're doing this. You're inviting your friends. Some of you show with new friends every week. We're so honored. And those of you just started coming last week, you're, you're, you're family here. You don't have to pretend to be something you're not. You can be yourself. You're going to respect and honor God's presence. And I make no apologies about it. But you can be yourself. We're going to have a ton of fun doing it. Teenage years, you guys, these should be some of the greatest where you do great and mighty exploits for the kingdom of God, where you'll be able to look back and say, me and Jesus did great things in my school. Me and Jesus did incredible things whenever I was 16. I mean, I was wild and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to fall and you're going to, oh, it's all gravy, baby. The, 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 the big thing is that, but, but I had an aim. I had a target. I had a goal. I at least won people to the Lord. I may have had a sketchy past. You may have been sleeping with people last year. You may have been at parties, drinking, doing whatever. It does not matter when in the light, in the light of eternity, all that's of the blood anyways, but now you're called to demonstrate God has changed my life. And now I'm living with an eternal mindset. I've got a goal in mind and I'm aggressively looking for opportunities to win souls to Jesus Christ. When was the last time you shared the gospel? Because with this Proverbs 1130, he who wins souls is wise. He who wins souls is wise. Come on, I want wisdom in my life. The wise ones, God says, are the ones who win souls. So this is what we're going to do tonight. In one moment, and I believe that following Jesus should be celebrated and there's all different. But if you say, you know, even in this place right here tonight, the Holy Spirit is already here. And he's already moving on hearts. And again, if you're talking, you do not want me to call you out. Don't make me. The Holy Spirit's here. Eternal matters are about to be settled right now. Matters as weighty as eternity are going to be settled in this moment. And so I'm asking very boldly, if you're in a place where you say, gosh, I haven't. Maybe you've just kind of been going through the motions and... And you haven't been following hard after Jesus, or you're just, I don't know, just somewhere else, you know? But if you're not aggressively pursuing Jesus and living a life seeking to honor Him, and listen, you guys, you don't have to get saved every week. That's crazy. That's, you don't lose your salvation with every bump of sin in your life. Okay? Now, at the same time, it's, well, I'm gonna just live like a devil for 10 years. I prayed a prayer 15 years ago. That ain't happening either. <laughs> so, what, what I'm saying is right here, right now, in this moment, are you following Jesus? And if you're not, I want to give you opportunity to make a fresh commitment to say, Lord, I have some sins in my life that need to be just confessed and brought before you. And I want to be a follower of Jesus. And so 
So very boldly tonight, if that's you, I want you to stand to your feet very quickly. I feel like the Holy Spirit's already moving on hearts to say, yes, I'm convicting you. That beating in your chest, that's called conviction. It's a really good thing. That's the Holy Spirit saying, I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. God's heart is beating for you. Does that make sense to you tonight? And so nobody can force you. I'm not here to force you. I'm compelling you. I want to give you an opportunity. But if you're here and you say, I need to, I need to sign up to, to follow him. Yeah, because I want to win souls for him. But I got to start with this whole thing of really following him. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right now, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Come on, don't look around awkwardly. This is the greatest decision. This is powerful. This is beautiful. So what we're saying is this is just a this is just a public statement that says, you know what? You can think what you want, but I'm signing up to follow him whole, wholeheartedly. I mean, like in a real way, follow, you know. So every head bow, every eye closed, and let's pray this prayer together. Just say, Jesus, I desire to follow you. Forgive me of the sin in my life. Let your blood wash me today. I am yours. I repent for not following you with my whole heart. In Jesus' name, I am yours for the rest of my life. Come on, for the rest of my life, you have my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate tonight. You know, you guys, it begins, it begins with a prayer, but then it's a journey. Now there's a second group of you who say, you know what? Yeah, at some point I prayed a prayer and I'm following Christ, but I have not been aggressively winning souls. I mean, it's been like on the back burner. If that's you, You need to stand up very quickly tonight because I want to pray for you and pray with you as we go into worship time. Come on and be honest. If the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, be honest about where you are. Own it. Own this. Yeah. And so what I want you guys to do is just pray this prayer tonight. We have about five or so minutes left before we'll wrap up and I'll have some of our leaders come forward. And we just want to pray with you tonight. I feel like the Lord is just kind of releasing just a soul winning anointing tonight. And what I mean by that is the Lord, I believe supernaturally by his spirit and his gifting can give you influence in areas that you never would have had influence before. And the rest of you seated who claim to be Christ followers, my assumption is that you are inviting people, that you are praying for the lost, that you are aggressively winning souls or else you're just lying or you're ashamed. Okay. So that'll be my assumption. Okay. And so, so, I mean, can we just be real? There are real lives at stake here, you guys. So unashamedly, I love this generation. I don't want to see anybody go to hell. I don't want to see anybody in this city go to hell. This is our city. There's, there's, there's things up here to remind us. This is our city. Colorado Springs, this is our city. We're, we're not here just to lead our youth group. We're here to lead the city. Teenagers across our city, we're going to make a message known. So there's lots of churches. You can never have too many lifeboats show up whenever some people are in crisis. You see what I'm saying? And so, so tonight... I want to pray this prayer over you and then I want you just to respond. 
We're going to pray for you just very quickly. We don't have time to pray 10 minutes for every single person. Just lay hands and ask the Lord for an impartation of the burden of the Lord, okay? And we're going to do this multiple times throughout the series for different people. So you don't have to come up every single week. But honestly, guys, I feel like there's a, a soul winning, like a burden to where you actually care. So whenever you see someone, some of you, I'm speaking prophetically over you. Some of you are going to begin to weep as you're at school in the next couple of weeks. You're literally going to go into the restroom and just begin weeping, saying, Lord, give me souls at my high school. Lord, give me souls at my junior high. Come on, Lord. I see. And so, and so that's what we're longing for. So I want you to lift up your hands to heaven and just pray this prayer. Just say, Lord, make me a soul winner for you. I repent for not caring about souls to the level in which you care. So I ask and I confess that I will be a fool for Christ. I will be a fool for Christ. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. 